Last Sunday afternoon, Linda and I uh, went up to visit her mom. We had uh, we had Sunday afternoon free. It was Labor Day, so Linda and, and uh, Josh and I, I guess we're all off for Labor Day, uh, resting from our labors, if you will. So we decided we'd go up and visit Linda's mom, take her out to dinner. So we went up to visit her and, uh, you know, by 3 o'clock in the afternoon, uh, we were pretty, pretty starved. That's when we got, uh, you know, north of Baltimore. So we, Linda's mom loves this Italian restaurant nearby, so they're on Resi. Uh, if you don't know what Resi is, you're not missing anything. Uh, it's an online reservation system. So we made, and I, I made, you know, because Linda was driving, uh, I made an online reservation, and I... I still, to this very moment, will say that I made it for September the 1st. However, we walked into the restaurant and they said, oh, you know, the hostess said, no, you made that for tomorrow. And I said, oh, well, I'm sure I pressed, no, no, you made it for tomorrow. People make this mistake all the time. They're just stupid. Uh, and uh, it's okay. It's okay. We'll find a seat for you. So... They, I, so that's how I heard it. That may not have been exactly what she said, but that's exactly what I heard. She was. She was dancing her head around. You know, it was pretty close, probably. So um, I tried to channel in the moment, well, whatever makes it work for you, fine, see this. The food was great. The waity, the, the, our waitress was fantastic. Everything about dinner was, was great. Except I had this bad feeling in the really pit of my stomach from that whole encounter at the hostess station that lasted all of 30 seconds. So the next morning I get up, you know, we have a great meal, we go hang out with Linda's mom, and I go down and, you know, because it's a sleeping day, we got to sleep in a little bit, um, I went, up, went downstairs and uh, sat with my journal for a while and did... Um, something called shadow work. Uh, and shadow work is essentially, you know, where did all of that come from? Because I was still feeling, it bothered me 12 hours later, this whole feeling. And I began to realize where that came from. That I still remember, I told Linda at breakfast that morning when she came downstairs and we, she had taken Reedy for a walk and we sat down to eat breakfast, that six-year-old James went next door to the new next door neighbor's house. And you know, uh, it was probably the second time, third time I'd been over to play at their house. And they were a really nice family. There was a, uh, the youngest boy was my age. I was the oldest and, and he had like a teenage, he, there was a big age difference between he and his older sister and older brother. We were all, they, they invited me to stay for dinner. And I don't know, I said something, I, I don't remember. They asked me a question. I answered it, and whatever it was, they just laughed at me, not with me. I didn't say something funny. I said something, and so I have lived to this day with the six-year-old James doing everything he can to avoid embarrassment, and it's become the habitual play that I go to. So why this waitress bothered me more than probably she should have, whether her head bounced or whether she made me feel like stupid people. I felt stupid 
In the same way the six-year-old boy felt stupid sitting at the dinner table at his next-door neighbor's house. And because that visits me, anytime there's a risk to be taken, anytime I have to make a statement, I have to always be sure that any answer I give to a question is absolutely right before it comes out of my mouth. I do way more reading than I ever need to do because I have to be sure that if somebody asks a question, I've got the answer, and it's the right answer, and they won't challenge me. Because six-year-old James doesn't want to be embarrassed, doesn't want his face to turn red. Six-year-old James is still speaking inside of me. And in order to be transformed, I have to face six-year-old James. And I have to tell six-year-old James that God loves him just the way that he is. And that I love and accept him just where he is. And it's okay to be embarrassed sometimes. We all make mistakes. But you see, in order to be transformed, we have to do the hard work. The hard work. Now, I want to share with you... uh, Where do we go to find out about doing hard work and transformation in our lives? Well, I'm turning to the Gospel of Mark today, and I'm looking at the very first sermon that Jesus gave. He has been baptized by John the Baptizer, and, uh, you know, he's been driven out into the wilderness. He wanders around. uh, He wanders around in the wilderness, uh, tempted by uh, Satan, Uh, He's among the wild animals, and the angels took care of him. Uh, And then, after John was arrested, so John doesn't get much of a ministry in the Gospel of Mark. You know, we're only on verse 14. And uh, so, 13 verses, and John is in prison. Uh, After John was arrested, Jesus came... This is verse 14, by the way, of chapter 1 of Mark. Jesus came into Galilee announcing God's good news, saying... Now is the time. Here comes God's kingdom. Change your hearts and lives and trust the good news. Now is the time. Here comes the kingdom. Change your hearts and lives and trust the good news. So, I found in this, the whole change your hearts and lives is a word in Greek. I'm not going into it. Just don't worry about it. It doesn't matter what word it is. We're not studying Greek. We're studying how to be changed. The word for change is one that means transformation. And it means really change direction in life and go in another way. But I think the whole message, uh, I I found in it four important and cogent things for us to keep in mind. First of all, now is the time. Now is the time. Guess what? You can't transform yesterday. You can't decide to go back to yesterday and fix it. (laughs) There's no fixing yesterday. Yesterday is gone. You have now. You can only be present now. You can only be here now, and now is what you have. Now is where you meet God. Now is where you meet one another. Now is where you can be present. Don't plan on how you're going to be really good and being present at work tomorrow at, you know, 9 o'clock when you show up. Don't worry about 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. If you can really be present right now, you can be really present at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. Or you might not be. But you've got to practice. Now is the time. 
now, now, now is the time. That's the only time you have. There's nothing morbid about that. But you have now. So since you have now, live now. Be now. Be in this moment now. And if what I'm saying doesn't make any sense to you, just let it flow past you. But be now with us in this room. Because part of the reason why we do this weird thing every week where we gather in one space is because together there's something unique as we build community and a sense of connection beyond ourselves. And you know why churches are made up of in, you know, imperfect people? It's because we need practice working with imperfect people that will let us go. That will let us slide sometimes and confront us other times. Call us out. Sister, I don't know what you're thinking, but come on. <laughs> you, that is not okay. That is why we need communities like this. That's why we need face-to-face -face time with one another. Because being present now with one another means, you know, after this message, you can call me out and say, James, I think that you're just living on some kind of other planet. Tell me more. Or, James, I want to hear more about this now. How do I get this now? Well, you've already got it. <laughs> Dude, do that. You got it. It's now. You just got to practice being now. Stop worrying about what happens later on this afternoon. Sure, beer and hymns is happening at 6 o'clock, you know, and you're looking forward to a good new district brewery, uh, you know, sour, you know, just, you know, or an IPA just sliding across your lips as you're singing hymns and thinking, wow, isn't that amazing? I know you're looking forward to it. And maybe you're even looking forward to it now. Or perhaps you're looking forward to selling, celebrating Malcolm's 13th birthday, which is tomorrow. You know, uh, but whether you're looking forward to it or not, and I've called him out, and so now Malcolm may never speak to me again. <laughs> but it's okay. He will speak to me because he's exceptionally kind. And I know where he lives. So, uh, <laughs> but we only have now. We're not at Malcolm's celebration yet. We're not at beer and hymns. So don't let your mind be there yet. Let your mind back here. Be present now. Because this is the moment when you could be transformed. You might see life through a whole new eyes. You might have heard in my story about your four-year-old child or your seven-year-old child who got embarrassed or something happened or, you know, you made a mistake and you've been reliving that mistake habitually. Every time someone calls you out, all you can feel is the shame you felt as a six-year-old instead of really being present to the moment. You're still living with a six-year-old, six-year-old mindset as opposed to, in my case, 56-year-old mindset. I need to move forward 50 years. I need to move forward 50 years and be now. Now is the time. Second, here, here comes the kingdom. Here. Jesus wasn't saying, get ready to stamp your ticket to slide on into heaven on, this next, on the next go-round in the spiritual realm. Here comes the kingdom. Here the kingdom comes. The kingdom is among you. The kingdom is within you. The kingdom's all around you. That's what the kingdom is. That's what Jesus preached in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. The kingdom. 
Here we are. Here comes the kingdom. So are you living like here's the kingdom? Are you waiting for the next kingdom? I'm waiting to punch my ticket, James, because I hear they've got golden streets in heaven. What are you going to do with golden streets if you're dead? <laughs> do you think it's going to really matter to you how much gold is piled up there? Because in all honesty, gold really isn't worth anything. I don't care what the gold market tells you your gold is worth. It's not worth a single penny more than a piece of copper. Or whatever goes into making this chair. Whatever metal is in there, steel probably and something else, it doesn't matter. Those things, here is the kingdom. If this is the kingdom, if here and now is the kingdom, how are you going to interact with the people who are in the kingdom with you? And that's everybody. When you meet somebody on the street, you've got now, you've got here. There's this wonderful, uh, yesterday we did this, this day retreat. Um, I co-led a day retreat with my very good friend, Sister Haiyan, who is a, a Buddhist uh, nun. And so we were co-leading this, and she was uh, telling us, I think you were telling us the story about, or was I reading Thich Nhat Hanh? I can't remember now how, ev no, it was. It was in our Lexio Divina that we did together yesterday uh, about Thich Nhat Hanh talking about every encounter with every child. He was just there. Every encounter that he made with another human being, he was there because this is what I have now. What would it look like if you didn't just perfunctorily say, hi, how are you? You don't really care what the answer is. Can we be honest with each other? Most of the time you don't, you don't even wait around for the answer. You just expect fine and move on because it's just perfunctory. What would it be if you stopped, if you left a half an hour early for work so that there was actually time if somebody talked to you that you could actually listen? James, what are you talking about? I'm talking about the kingdom and I'm talking about here and now. You don't have tomorrow to talk to that person. You got now. So if you meet them on the subway, you they could fall in front of the train. <laughs> it, last time you said to something to them. So you have here and you have now. And that's where transformation happens. When you learn to be here and now. Not 15 minutes from now. Not 15 hours from now. Not 15 days from now. You may have a great vacation plan 15 days from now. But guess what? It isn't 15 days from now. <laughs> it is now. I don't even know if you'll have be, be around. You don't even know if you'll be around in 15 days or the place that you were going. Imagine you were going to the Bahamas, that you've been planning this for a year. And what island were you going to? The one where there's nothing left. <laughs> you know, and you're all disappointed. Well, what about the people who live there? <laughs> What about the front page of the Washington Post about the woman, you know, they were in the same house, she and her children and her husband, and the wave came, the water came, split the house in half, and he's gone. They don't know where he is. <laughs> You've got now, and here is the kingdom. Here is the kingdom, and it's right now. You can taste it. When you really listen to somebody, 
when you really look at somebody, if you look at the moment, in this moment, I wish you could see through my eyes right now the glow that is on your faces. Because I see Christ right here and now. And Christ is in all these seats. Now, I can't see you yet on the internet. I'm sorry. I know you're here. But I can't see through the electronics. It just doesn't work that way. One way at this point. But I see Christ in you. And the only way I've ever learned to see Christ in you is by being here and now. Right here and now. And if we could just learn to stop, just imagine the kindnesses we might exchange with our neighbors. I found one of the things I have to do when I'm coming to an event at St. James, because I walk here, I have to leave extra time. Because if I'm in a rush, I run into six people between here and my house who want to talk to me, who I don't even know who they are. I, oftentimes, I was having dinner two weeks ago. I, we were meeting good friends, another United, two, two a married couple who are both United Methodist clergy people, and we were meeting them for dinner at Clyde's. And I thought, I'll just walk over there because Clyde's is very close. Let's go over there. So I walk. And on the way, I'm walking, and I run into somebody in my neighborhood. I don't even know who they are, and I have a conversation. Well, that's great. All right, I left with an extra few minutes, so, you know, that's okay. I'm going to make it to Clyde's on time. You know, I'm way ahead of everybody else. I leave. I'm going to beat everyone else there. Oh, no, I'm not. Because I'm passing by the bus stop. I can see Clyde's. I can see Clyde's. I am, oh, I am beating everybody there. I am going to be the first in there. And that's all I'm thinking in my mind. Until the guy who's sitting at the bus stop starts talking to me about the refugee crisis. I'm walking by. I don't even say hi to him. See, this is how bad I was. I wasn't in that moment. He brought me into the moment about the refugee crisis. He said, how do we not treat each other like human beings? What, 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 what the heck are we putting people in cages for? And he starts going on. And then I find out that he was a refugee and that he's here. Uh, you know, he, he came before we started treating refugee like they were cattle or small dogs and put them in cages. Uh, he, uh, he came and, uh, you know, and he was granted a visa. But now his visa was going to run out and they were going to send him back. And he was telling me all of this and I'm thinking, I've got to be at Clyde's and, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be on time anymore. I'm going to be late. <laughs> And everybody else is like waiting for me. Is James ever coming to eat dinner at Clyde's with us? And so eventually I got there after I was in that moment. What would it be like if we made moments to listen to people who needed to talk about what's going on in their lives? What would it be like if we were really in the moment with each other? How would our lives look? Wouldn't they look a little different? One of the practices we learned yesterday was about walking meditation. Now, I had practiced walking meditation, but a different way. But have you ever really thought when you walk what it's like to just land on a foot and be here right now? And then I'm here. And then I'm here. Whenever we're walking, we're almost always going somewhere. But it's not here. It's there. 
Guess how often you get to be there? Never. Unless I'm referring to you. You're there, Debbie. <laughs> but if I walk over to you, then we're here. You're there. I'm never there because once I'm there, I'm here. <laughs> See, isn't that messed up? <laughs> now is the time. Here comes the kingdom. Here. Practice now and here, Jesus is saying. That's what I hear him say. He goes on to say, beyond now and here, change your hearts and lives. That's where things like shadow work, being self-aware, paying attention to what's going on inside yourself, makes a difference. I'm coming to believe I don't really do any changing. I, I don't change myself. I, I don't. I thought I did. I put myself as authentically, as openly as I can in God's hands. And if I'm really here and I'm really now, God can change me. But I have to be there. Not there, I have to be here. <laughs> no one even called me out. Was anyone even listening? <laughs> I have to be here for God to change me, to transform me. I have to practice. Now, I was raised to believe practice makes perfect. It doesn't. There is no such thing as perfect unless everything is already perfect, and it's not. Everything's already good. Everything's always good. That's what the Bible tells us anyway, at least if I read Genesis. So, practice means you just keep getting good practice. I've taken up a new practice. First thing when I wake up in the morning, open my eyes, and I'm thankful that I have another 24 hours to practice, or however long I've got. Not Han taught me that. I get to keep practicing. It's not about being perfect or getting it right every single time. I want to tell you that as much shadow work as I did on Monday morning, I'm going to be embarrassed again. Somebody's going to bring that six-year-old boy back to the surface by wagging their head at me, making me feel stupid. Somebody's going to do it. And somebody's going to do the same kind of thing to you. Maybe you don't have a six-year-old little boy or a little girl in you that feels stupid or doesn't feel pretty, or handsome, or doesn't feel whatever it is that feels inadequate to whatever lies in front of you. But the truth is, that person is absolutely loved by God, just for the person they are, just for the person you are already. So what is the good news? Because the last thing Jesus says after we need to change our hearts and lives is to trust the good news. I, I think the good news is Jesus himself. Let me tell you what I mean by that. One of the things the church has proclaimed for a long time is that Jesus was divine and human at the same time. Every one of you is divine and human at the same time. There has never been a moment in your life when you were separate from God. 
And if you can trust that you're not separate from God, your life is changed. I'm convinced that's what salvation really is. Trusting that you've never been separate from God. Not that you are God. We all think that sometimes. But just go out and try to change the weather. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> but you have never been separate from God. God is not you and you are not God. But neither are you other than God. You're all a part of what God's doing right now. Right now. And this now. This here and this now. God's doing something. And if we could trust that we're not separate from God, we'd, we'd, we'd behave differently. It's the fear of the separation. It's the fear and the anxiety that comes from believing our lives are scarce. That keeps us pushing other people away. We don't have to push them away. Because you know what? Like it or not, you are all part of me. And I'm part of all of you. <laughs> and there are people I don't even know that are a part of me. And that I'm a part of them. And there are planets and galaxies I've never seen that I'm a part of. And that are a part of me. Oh my gosh, what a mess this whole thing is. If you could trust the good news that nothing less than love can name you. Not stupidity, not embarrassment of a six-year-old child, but nothing less than love can name you. If you can trust that you could never be separate from the love of God, nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. We'd all be different people. We'd be transformed. So, now is the time. Here comes the kingdom. Change your hearts and lives and trust this good news. You're already loved. You are not separate. You matter. And guess what? You are matter too. Matter that matters. Because all matter matters. So what are you going to do about it? All right, James, that was really nice. Okay, very elevated. Woo! You're going to practice here and now. That's what you're going to do. You're going to practice here and now. So you're going to be here. You're going to breathe. And when you forget you're here, you're going to breathe again. When you start thinking about this afternoon, trying to rush out the door because you're like, oh my gosh, James is going on and on and on and on. When am I going to get out of this place? When I let you. <laughs> or when you choose with your own feet to get up and leave because you've gotten enough. I know now. All I have to be is here and now. So I'm going to go be here somewhere else. <laughs> and my now is going to be out there. <laughs> but imagine being here and now wherever you were. When a child speaks to you on the street, be in that conversation. When somebody's coming by with a dog, even though it's a yellow lab and all, it, 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 you know, and you're in your black ready to go to church and they're talking about, well, do you like dogs? <sighs> I don't like yellow lab hair all over my black jeans, but uh, yes, I love dogs. <laughs> and I'll squat down and pet your dog and talk to him. 
or her. I couldn't pay attention. It doesn't matter. The dog was very happy. All matter matters, yes, but it doesn't matter whether what gender. It just was a dog. <laughs> so, so go and practice here and now. If nothing else, breathe in the moment. Take a few walks where you actually don't have to get somewhere, but you're just walking. Stop and smell the roses. Now that's a good one. And when you're having a conversation with someone, don't touch your phone. Really be in the conversation. What would you do if I was going to preach and I just stood here while I was talking to you. Oh, oh, you're still here? Oh, that's nice. Oh, look at that. Linda has tweeted, trust the good news that you are loved. Huh. That's really good. Oh, you're still here. You know, how many times are you somewhere else when you could be right here? I'm not saying don't ever text again. I'm just saying when you're with someone, be with them here and now. So there you go.